Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats, a program dedicated to creating a legacy for your pet. Animal companions, your pets, your children, whatever you call them, they are dearly loved family members. As pet parents and animal lovers, we have an obligation to ensure their current and future well-being. Join estate planning attorney and animal advocate Peggy Hoyt, your host, every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on natureschannel.fm. Peggy explores the many alternatives available to help you provide for the future care of your pets. They love us unconditionally. Let's make sure we care and provide for them in every circumstance. Hello and welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on natureschannel.fm. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and it's my pleasure to be with you today. As you know, on this show, we talk about planning for our pets, and planning for our pets includes lots of areas of planning, not just planning in the event of our disability or planning in the event of our death, but today we're going to look at one of the areas of planning that tends to be most overlooked, and that's what might happen to our pets in the event of a natural disaster or other emergency. And this is a really timely topic because June 1st always starts the beginning of hurricane season. And when you live in Florida, hurricane season is something that we're all very aware of. And if you're watching the national news right now, you're aware that there's a potential hurricane um, off the coast of the Baja of California and Mexico. And so we'll be touching on that subject Planning for your pets in the event of a disaster became really relevant to me um, years and years ago when I uh, first got my wild Mustangs, Reno and Tahoe, and at that time, uh, there were an unprecedented number of wildfires here in Florida. We had um, a drought that year, and we experienced a lot of wildfires cropping up. And so one of my major concerns as a horse owner was how do I get my horses to safety in the event that the fires begin approaching our neighborhood. And unfortunately, at that time, I did not own a horse trailer. So the only way that I could have gotten Reno and Tahoe to safety would have been either to borrow a horse trailer from a friend, but they all needed their horse trailers, or um, I had this vision of myself sitting on the tailgate of my husband's pickup truck trying to lead two young wild Mustangs that were just barely green broke out of our neighborhood and to safety. So fortunately, I never had to put that particular disaster plan into effect, and we were um, not hit by the fires, fortunately. So that was my very first time that I realized the importance of creating a disaster preparedness plan for not just my horses, but also my dogs and my cats. And then I got a second big reminder back when Florida experienced the trio of hurricanes that we had, Ivan, Charlie, and Francis. And boy, oh boy, that was a scary time because when Ivan came through, I think initially they didn't think it was going to hit the east coast of Florida at all, but as it turned out, it basically covered up 
most of the state of Florida, and it ended up being significantly longer in duration than we expected. And so we weren't preparing to leave under that particular set of circumstances, but what I did to prepare with regard to my horses in particular is I took off all of my interior fences, so the gates that were on the interior of my property, so that my horses would have plenty of opportunity to get to what they believed would be the safest place on the property. And then I braided into each one of their mains um, contact information for me, so emergency contact information in the event that they did get out and um, had to be, uh, you know, put back together with me at some point in the future. So that was for the first storm. And what ended up happening there is fortunately none of my horses were endangered in any way, shape, or form, but we lost power for more than eight days. And as a result, um, we ended up scooping a lot of water out of our pool um, in order to provide water for the horses. We had planned ahead for um, plenty of food, but the water was becoming a concern for us. So right on the heels of that first storm, we had the second storm. And now I'm really in a panic because of the fact that the first storm had done so much damage. There were so many trees that were down. There were so many roofs that had been um, removed from houses that everything that was on the ground, all of the debris that was on the ground basically represented potential missiles. So I was afraid when that second storm came through that my horses were going to be injured as a result of flying debris. And I seriously gave some consideration at that point to loading my horses, my dogs, and my cats all into my pickup truck and my horse trailer and hitting the road and getting getting the heck out of Florida. But I'm glad that I decided not to do that. And one of the reasons is that a lot of people who did try to flee ended up getting stranded on some of the major highways um, where they ran out of um, gasoline and then were not able to actually get to the destinations that they had intended. And then, unfortunately for my husband, for the third storm, I was actually not in Florida. I was traveling in the Northeast, and I left that um, planning entirely up to him. But because we had had the experience of the two prior storms, we were able to weather the third storm without any injury or um, any concerns with regard to our dogs, our cats, and our horses. So this is just to give you an idea of some of the things that we're going to be talking about today. And we ask you to call in if you have questions. Our phone number is 718-766-4996. So 718-766-4996, or you can post a question to our Facebook page at All My Children Wear Fur Coats, and my very um, apt assistant, Tiffany, is monitoring the Facebook page so that we can get those questions answered for you. So for everyone who's listening today, um, we are very fortunate to have with us today Carrie Burns. And Carrie is the president of the Pet Alliance of Greater Orlando. And Carrie is recognized nationally and internationally for her work in the field of animal welfare. 
She's held a lot of different positions, but most importantly, she was the interim CEO and president of the Humane Society of Southern Arizona, located in Tucson. And before that, she managed animal emergency services programs for the National Animal Welfare Organization. So she comes to us with a ton of experience. She has great experience with regard to Hurricane Katrina, and she's going to share some of that information with us today. And she also has lots of experience with wildlife rescue and rehabilitation, specifically in the wake of the BP oil spill and other um, other uh, disasters that we've had in the United States. And so we thank Carrie for being with us today and welcome, Carrie. Peggy, thank you so much for asking me to be here. Um, it's, you're right, this is the perfect season to start talking about it. And even when we start talking about it now, it's still too late. Um, so let's get ahead of the game for everybody and make sure that people that are listening get that plan together today because it's always the, oh, it won't happen to me syndrome, and then it does. So thanks for having think, me to talk about this. Well, you're you're welcome, and you're right. I think we all think that we're never going to be the victim of a disaster, and so um, the whole point in planning is to be prepared, and I understand that the Pet Alliance of Greater Orlando just sent out a flyer with tips on what you can do to get prepared. So why don't you share some of those tips with us? I would love to. You know, most people don't think about Really, I'll just throw the dog or not throw. <laughs> I'll put the dog in the car, the cat in the car, and I'll just drive to you know someone else's house and hang out there. And when you do that, that's great because you should always take your pet with you. But you have to remember things that you will need to start getting together now. Um, and some of those things is, like I mentioned, please don't leave your pet behind. Um, and if you do, we'll talk in a few minutes about what you need to do at the house. Uh, if you're going to leave, please put two collars on your pet. One, that is a phone number to get a hold of you, um, and you know whether it's home phone or cell phone. But the other phone number you need to put on there, which a lot of people forget, is someone from out of state, friend or family, because if all the electricity and everything goes out in the state of Florida, they, no one can get a hold of you. So that's always a great way because then the emergency teams can contact your family and then once we get a hold of you, we can reunite the entire family. So please make sure you've got an out-of-state out ID on there. If you haven't already, of course, people need to microchip their pet. Um, keep your chips updated. If you don't know what information is currently on your, your, your pet's microchip, contact the company and just make sure it's up-to-date. Um, I have to do that with myself sometimes so I can find out where I am. Just kidding. So, Well, and, and Carrie, is, isn't it true that people oftentimes register their chip and then they don't keep that registration current so they don't pay the annual fee and then that registration would no longer be active? You're absolutely right, and that's what's so frustrating for any shelter. You know, when they have an animal come in, it's got a chip, but we can't reunite that animal with their owner because there haven't been any updates. So just for people to spend that small amount of money to keep the pet in your family is so worth it. So please update and every year make sure your information is current. Um, some other things for a travel kit, and I always say go ahead and put it together now, even if it's plastic stuff or whatever. Get a travel kit and put all these items in a crate. 
because a crate is something that you will need. If you do have to travel out, some hotels will open up their doors and allow pets to come in. So you'll need to have them in a crate. Make sure you include bowls, food, bottled water, towels, prescriptions, bathing supplies, flea and tick control, leashes, anything else that you can think of that's maybe their little comfort blanket or their little comfort toy. But those things will make them feel so much better when they have to leave, and you can do it very quickly. The other thing to make sure is that your pets are current on their vaccinations. That's one of the biggest things. You need happy, healthy pets in your home. So please make sure they're current on their vaccinations and take that record, the vaccination records, um, and your file about your pet with you so that if another veterinarian needs to see them, you have all the information available. Um, and always travel with photos of your pet. Uh, when And I'll tell you more about stories in Katrina when people would come up with their photos and just show us, and we could actually find some of their pets just through the photo. Um, and then, you know, always have the carriers, as I mentioned, and make sure that you... Oh, sounds like we've lost Carrie somehow. So she was referring to this disaster preparedness kit that we could put together in the event that we had to leave in a big hurry with our pets. So she was talking about accumulating all of the information that we might need. And one of the things that she mentioned as being very important was our pets' veterinary records. And, you know, with computers today and scanners, a great way to do that would be not only to have a hard copy that you have in your preparedness kit, but also to have um, a copy of those documents stored in the cloud so that if you do have access to your cell phone that you would be able to then access that information. That would be particularly important in the event that um, the paper copy was somehow lost or destroyed in the process. So I think Carrie was making some really good points about the kinds of things that we can accumulate now. I, it was making me think about kind of getting ready to go to the hospital to have a baby and putting together um, that overnight kit that you might grab on your way out the door. Well, I think her solution sounded really, really great with regard to putting that information into um, a crate so that when you go to take the crate and take your pet that you've already got all of that stuff right in one place. And then if you're just using the crate for another purpose, you can set the st stuff aside momentarily. So I'm going to ask Tiffany if she won't please call Carrie's office and see if she can't get Carrie back on the line with us because this really was a very stimulating conversation. Um, one of the things that I know Carrie will touch on, and as I was mentioning the trio of storms that we had here in Florida, when I did finally in that second storm, I was able to get my horses into a barn and um, the main thing was that although my horses were safe, my husband and I were going back and forth in the storm, so we were exposing ourselves to danger. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back with Carrie Burns after the break. If you have questions, 718-766-4996. You're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on natureschannel.fm. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt. 
airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on natureschannel.fm. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com. Natureschannel.fm, amazing talk radio shows from gardening to animals, natural health and wellness, and fighting for nature. Natureschannel.fm, it's where we grow. Organic, loose leaf, and simply delectable, Prasanna Tea Company strives to help people find balance, connect, and live in wellness. We source the finest tea leaves from pristine farms around the world and blend them with some of nature's purest gifts, creating unique infusions that are healthfully life-enhancing, blissfully aromatic, and positively delicious. Find us at prasanatea.com. Prasanna Tea. It's tea the way it should be. Start your week off in a beautiful way. Come to Nature Sanctuary Sunday Service for a powerful and beautiful eco-spiritual celebration where we honor and support ourselves through the reflection of nature. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time here at natureschannel.fm. Visit thechurchofnature.org to find out more about Nature Sanctuary Sunday Service and the Church of Nature. Join the Horses, Heart, and Soul Herd and Sarah Willerson on natureschannel.fm Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern for horse wisdom straight from the stall. Horses are the heartbeat of the earth, and they help us attune our own hearts with our souls. They encourage us to remember that we are part of the harmonious flow that is nature. Tune in every Wednesday for horse wisdom shared straight from the stall. Serendipity, every Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on natureschannel.fm. Want to know what the latest garden trends are? Learn about homesteading techniques and get helpful tips that will help your garden grow? Join Shelly Levis as she explores eco-friendly gardening methods and fun do-it-yourself projects that will have you thinking outside the pot. Serendipity, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on natureschannel.fm. Nature's Channel is where you grow. With amazing talk, radio shows. We talk about animals and gardening, natural health and wellness. Listen live at Find Archives at natureschannel.fm. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate Peggy Hoyt. Airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on natureschannel.fm. Find archives and more at legacyforyourpet.com. Welcome back. You're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on natureschannel.fm. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and if you have a question, you can call us at 718 766 4996. 718 766. 4996. We're very lucky today to have with us as our special guest, Carrie Burns, the president of the Pet Alliance of Greater Orlando. And today we're talking about disaster preparedness and what to do to plan for our pets in the event of disaster. Um, Carrie, before we lost you, you were giving us some good tips on ways that we can prepare for disasters. Do you want to kind of summarize what you talked about real quickly and then pick up where you left off? Sure. Sorry about that. Anything with electronics, it seems to just go away when I'm around. <laughs> um, 
So uh, several things that I had talked about was, again, don't leave your pet at home. Um, please place two ID tags on your pet's collar, one with your information and one with information from someone who is out of state. So in case all the electricity, or if I'm in town, all the electric goes down, um, and someone else can be able to get a hold of you and we can get a hold of them for your pets. Please microchip your pet and have all that information updated and check it yearly. And your travel kits, get those ready ahead of time. Grab the crates now and throw in some bowls and food and bottled water, some towels, prescriptions, uh, bathing supplies, flea and tick control, and of course leashes. And with that, make sure that your pets are current on their vaccinations and take your, your vet file and make sure you have that with you too because if you do have to go anywhere else and a vet needs to see your pet, then you have all of your records and it makes it so much easier. Also, always travel with a photo of your pet. When someone comes in and says, oh, we have a black lab and there's a whole bunch of black labs, we're not sure, but it helps to see the picture because there are those beautiful intricacies about each pet that comes in. Um, and then make sure that when you're securing everything in your vehicle or even in your house that you know, you've know you got that in a safe place because, it, Peggy, you mentioned before, debris and stuff that's around, especially in hurricanes, is the worst. Um, and it's basically a, a death mine when it, things start flying around. So be very cautious of that. Um, and also bring little toys or little blankets or something that you know that your pet absolutely loves because at this point, it's going to be a comfort factor. Um, if you're nervous, they're going to be nervous. If you have things done ahead of time, they're going to feel much better. Like, oh, look, mom and dad are just going out to the car instead of why are they running around? Why are they trying to put this all together? And everyone gets very anxious. Um, we know how much animals feed off of our own energy and emotion. So the calmer you are, the more prepared you are, the smoother the transition will go. And also, well, Carrie, isn't it true? Yeah, I'm sorry. Isn't it true that if we didn't have proper veterinary records that it would be a possibility that maybe a shelter would not allow us to bring our animal in? That is true. There are some shelters that will not allow animals to come in if they don't know, you know, the animal's history. And the reason that is, is for the fact that if there's a bunch of animals, there's a bunch of dogs, you know, in one area, a bunch of cats in another area, and your dog does break or come down with something, it can be contagious to all the other animals. And then you have a serious, you know, herd health problem. So that's why they would do that. So, yes, that is very important to make sure you have that information with you. Um, a lot of people have their tags on their, their dogs, at least to show the rabies uh, vaccinations. So that's always a good thing to have, too. But the other Excellent thing, too, is know ahead of time what places in your area or, you know, maybe a county over or whatnot that will take pets. Um, so contact your Red Cross. Contact your emergency service department. Go to um, gopetfriendly.com to find some pet-friendly accommodations, too. So the more you're prepared, the just the easier it's going to be for you and your animals. Well, those are all excellent suggestions, and, and I know that we all hope that we're never going to have to put into place any kind of um, disaster preparedness plan, but um, excellent information to have. Now, one of the very first thing that you said, Carrie, was, you know, always take your pet with you. 
And I know mm-hmm. historically that that people don't leave their homes if they think they can't bring their pets with them. But what happens if the disaster occurs and you're away from your home and your pet's still at your house? What would you say then? Right. You know, that's that's a question I get asked a lot. And you have to remember, I've done a lot of different, not only hurricanes, but tornadoes and fires and everything else. And I remember one of the first fires that I was doing with the rescue, and we pulled out uh, 340 animals. It was a fire that was in northern Arizona. And I remember people saying afterwards, oh, that's horrible. How could they leave their animal in the home? And I thought, well, some people were on vacation. Some people were at work. And, so, you know, so there are times that you something happens quickly and you're not in the home. So what is very important, and you can get these at different pet stores or online, and if not, create your own. But there are stickers that you can put in the windows that say, in my house, I have a two-year-old Yorkie and a you know a cat, or and I have four birds. Because if I'm coming into your house to look to see if there's animals and I don't know, I you know, maybe a cat gets under a couch. How would I know if you have one cat, two cats, three cats? You have to give the number of animals that are in your home that can help, if need be, when rescue workers come in that they can actually locate all the animals and make sure they're taken out safely. And that's not even with disasters. That should be something that's posted in every single home of everyone who has a pet because there are times when the fire department may have to come out for something. And, again, that's very important that they also know what they're looking for when they go into the home. And you're absolutely right, and we have actually talked about this a little bit before on previous shows about having that sticker that goes on the window of your home and having one maybe on the front window of your house and one on the back door and then even having an emergency alert card that you might carry in your wallet so that if something Mm -hmm. happened to you when you were away from your home that then people would be put on alert that there were pets at the home that needed to be cared for. Correct. You're absolutely right. And and that is another thing, too. If something does happen to the human, um, then there needs to be a way that people can know that there's animals in homes. We've had two of those situations happen recently, um, just in the last few weeks here at our shelter. And so it does happen for various reasons, and people became panicked. I don't know what to do with their animals that are still in the home, and this person had to go into, you know, hospice or whatever, you know, the situation was. So a lot of the shelters are able to assist and help out with that. But, yes, please carry all the information with you and then have the information on the windows. Um, and then we were I was talking about when we had lost you briefly about um, keeping an extra copy of all this information, particularly the veterinary information in the cloud, as well as having that hard copy um, so that, if you lose the hard copy for some reason or forget it, you might still be able to access it um, using mobile technology if uh, we had that available. Um, you did mention a website a minute ago, and I want to come back and mention that again. I believe you said it was gopetfriendly.com? Correct. Can you that's talk a little bit built. more about that site? I believe it's been recently built, um, and it's, it helps to locate pet-friendly accommodations. Um, after Hurricane Katrina, every state needed to have a plan for the people and the animals in times of disaster. Some states have really good plans, and some states 
don't really have good plans yet, and they're still working on that. Florida is actually pretty good, and I've worked here enough, and they were one of the first states um, that really implemented the co-location housing for people and pets. So the people could stay on one side of the building, and the animals could stay on the other side of the building, and they could actually go over and care for their own pets. Because, again, they're part of the family. You need to stay together. There are some places um, that you'll find on the website that maybe here's where the animals can go, and it might be several miles from where the Red Cross is, if that's what you, you, know, if you choose to go. Um, but different locations should be on there, and Florida has been very good at putting that information up on the emergency websites um, and in different places, especially at, at the gopetfriendly.com. Well, that that's all very good information to have because I know when I was thinking about leaving my home one time and taking my three horses and my five dogs at that time, and I believe I had five cats as well at that time, you know, you're never sure where you're going to be able to stay or who can accommodate um, that many pets and those kinds of pets, horses being a particular concern when um, when you have to evacuate because obviously not every place is able or willing to take horses. And, of course, um, mm-hmm. many, many times because people won't leave their homes or their pets because they're at the home, um, that can be problematic. So that's where I found myself on more than one occasion, and I want to talk more specifically about the uh, Hurricane Katrina when we come back from our break. And um, Carrie's been discussing with us all of the tips that we might employ in order to prepare for a disaster. If you have a question about disaster preparedness and your pets, you can call us at 718-766-4996, 766-4996. You're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on natureschannel.fm. We'll be right back. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on natureschannel.fm. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com. Nature'sChannel.fm, amazing talk radio shows from gardening to animals, natural health and wellness, and fighting for nature. Nature'sChannel.fm, it's where we grow. Organic, loose leaf, and simply delectable, Prasanna Tea Company strives to help people find balance, connect, and live in wellness. We source the finest tea leaves from pristine farms around the world and blend them with some of nature's purest gifts, creating unique infusions that are healthfully life-enhancing, blissfully aromatic, and positively delicious. Find us at prasanatea.com. Prasana Tea. It's tea the way it should be. Start your week off in a beautiful way. Come to Nature Sanctuary Sunday service for a powerful and beautiful eco-spiritual celebration where we honor and support ourselves through the reflection of nature. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time here at natureschannel.fm. Visit thechurchofnature.org to find out more about Nature Sanctuary Sunday service and the Church of Nature. Join the Horses Heart and Soul Herd and Sarah Willerson on natureschannel.fm Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern for horse wisdom straight from the stalls. 
Horses are the heartbeat of the earth, and they help us attune our own hearts with our souls. They encourage us to remember that we are part of the harmonious flow that is nature. Tune in every Wednesday for horse wisdom shared straight from the stalls. Serendipity, every Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on natureschannel.fm. Want to know what the latest garden trends are? Learn about homesteading techniques and get helpful tips that will help your garden grow? Join Shelly Levis as she explores eco-friendly gardening methods and fun do-it-yourself projects that will have you thinking outside the pot. Serendipity, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on naturescanel.fm. Nature's Channel is where you grow with amazing talk, radio shows. We talk about animals and gardening, natural health and wellness. Listen live at Find Archives at natureschannel.fm. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on natureschannel.fm. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com. Welcome back. You're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on natureschannel.fm. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and with us today we have Carrie Burns, president of the Pet Alliance of Greater Orlando. We're talking about disaster preparedness, what to do in the event of a natural disaster or any other kind of disaster and planning for our pets. Carrie's been sharing with us some really good tips, and um, we can probably find those tips on the website for PetAllianceOrlando.org. And um, if not, I'm sure Carrie would be more than happy to share with us her recent flyer, and we can make sure we can get that information posted to our Facebook page at Legacy for or All My Children Wear Fur Coats. Even get the names of my different uh, uh, programs confused. So, Carrie, what should we do in the event of a disaster if we find a lost animal? Adopt it. No, I'm just kidding. It may be some, <laughs> obviously, there may be an owner. Um, so if you find a pet, make sure that you, you have looked up some where the shelter areas are. Take it there. There's Sometimes there's triage units, which are where the veterinarians are set up to help with animals. Um, most of the places where they're ho- holding the animals, you know, until they're reunited, have microchip scanners. So they can scan, and hopefully the information is up to date, and then they can call the folks. Um, if not, you can usually take the animal to one of the shelters, you know, that's for the animal housing, and make sure that you give them your information, your phone number, and the area in which you found the animal. Because, again, like I said, if there's six black labs and there's one that lives on, you know, Lola Street and 16th, well, you know that's probably your animal. Um, so give that the time of day and anything else that you noticed about the animal. That's very important. But those shelters will also be able to take in the animals that you have found if you cannot care for the animal in the meantime. I remember um, right after Hurricane Katrina when they were trying to reunite pets with their owners that uh, I was asked to get involved in one dispute where um, – a person believed a cat was to be hers, but they weren't really sure, sure was her cat because it was a tabby cat, and a lot of tabby cats look alike. 
So Mm -hmm. going back to the whole idea of uh, pet identification, making sure that your pets are microchipped is really, really important. Absolutely. And again, even the collar. Oh, yeah, the collar is very important as well. So what should we do, Carrie, if we get separated from our pet during an emergency? You know, that's a really good question, and that's a really tough emotional place for most people. Um, When you get separated from your pet, again, in, in any of these emergencies, they will list phone numbers and contacts so the minute that information comes out, please get a hold of that from your emergency center, emergency management center, and know who you would call to find out where your pet may be. You know, I, the one story to me that always stands out is um, it was actually a fire in this, I can't remember what state, but we were working. It, we were hot. We were tired. We had been behind the fire lines working with the firefighters for days and I had driven off site further to be able to fuel up. And I remember as I'm standing there by the vehicle, this little tug on my shirt. And I'm hot and I'm tired, and I whipped around like, what? You know? <laughs> I right. Didn't actually. It was a little boy. He was seven years old. And he said, Do you do animal rescue? And I said, Yes, I do. And he said, He starts crying, and his parents are standing behind him. And he said, I left my turtle in my house. Can you please go get it for me? And I'm thinking, I've been rescuing horses and cats and dogs and a turtle. All right, if it means that much to you, I'll check it out. And I looked at the parents and I said, you know there's no guarantee, but I promise I will go there. And in most disasters, you know, hurricanes even, there's no street signs left. So you're kind of guessing. Thankfully, there's GPS now, but sometimes that goes down and you don't know where you're going. So we found the house, and this is during a fire. So the houses on both sides had been burnt down. Because fires are funny things. They'll change direction in a heartbeat. So we were able to get in through a window. The owners gave us permission. And as I stepped in through the window and came in, let the rest of my team in, we found a little betta fish in the shower. And then we walked into the main room, and I was like, oh, how do you call a turtle? I don't know. (laughs) Right. We got a bunch of green lettuce and everything, threw it on the floor. And sure enough, if this little tiny you know, 12 inches round, turtle didn't come out. And I'll tell you, Peggy, when I walked back to the the parents and this little seven-year-old boy, I walked up to him and I stuck one hand out and I said, here's your turtle and bonus, here's your betta fish. He, there was nothing in that moment that mattered more to him than that turtle. He had blocked off everything else in the world. And then I looked at the parents and I said, by the way, your house is the only one that's not burnt on that street. Oh, my goodness. And to watch the relief on their face, you know, hearing that news. And this little boy, all he cared about was that turtle. So every animal is so important to everybody. And when we do this disaster work, for those that get out there in the field and do this, it's very rewarding, but it, it's very difficult, too, because there are times when you can't save them all. And it's it's amazing. You really never see the emotional bond between a human and their pet until something like this happens. And then the emotions just pour forward with the love that they have for them. So with that being said, it's, you know, again, please be even more prepared now and, and make sure that, that you've got everything together for them because you just never know when things are going to happen. 
Absolutely, and I fortunately had the uh, pleasure of being in Alaska last week, and I had the opportunity to visit the um, kennel for one of the four-time Iditarod champions, um, Martin Busser, and I bought his book, and I was reading about a fire disaster that he was involved in where he had to evacuate 60 dogs from his own kennel, and he could only take 20 dogs at a time. And I can only imagine the just the very horror and difficulty that he had in deciding what 20 dogs he was going to take at each time, not knowing whether he was ever going to be able to make it back to get the next group of dogs. So not all of exactly. us have those kinds of situations, but um, certainly disaster preparedness is very important. And in his particular situation, he made some significant changes in the way he houses his dogs now because one of the situations he ran into, he was able to save all 60 dogs, but he only had 40 leashes. So he was short 20 leashes for that last group of dogs. And uh, mm-hmm. now he, the way he handles his dogs, everybody is wearing their own leash um, so that he never has that potential disaster happen again. He'd always be able to get yeah. them all out. So it's, it's again it is a horrible feeling to have that. How many animals um would you say were homeless during that Hurricane Katrina um time period? Well, it appears we may have lost Carrie again. So um we're talking about all of the things that we can do to prepare for our pets in the event of a disaster. Carrie Burns, president of the Pet Alliance of Greater Orlando, has been sharing with us some tips. We were talking about making sure that we have proper identification, that we have um, more than one way to contact you, not only your personal information, but also another person's information from out of state, and then having that preparedness kit available so that we can just walk out the door and pick it up. Well, for those of you who know me, you know that I'm a pet lover and that I particularly love horses. So I want to talk about just a couple of tips that are um, suggested by the Humane Society of the United States for horses when you have a disaster and horses. So very, very, very important is, number one, you must have arrangements in advance to have your horse transported in case of an emergency. If you do not have a horse trailer, then you have to make sure that you know someone who is willing to transport your horses. Second, where where can you take your horse in the event of an emergency? Because not every shelter is going to be available for that purpose. It's important to identify friends or family um, with horse-friendly facilities that you may be able to go to if you have to leave. Your friends and your neighbors need to be aware of your evacuation plan as well. I actually keep a notebook in my laundry room that's got all of my animal information and my disaster preparedness plan in that notebook. Also, traveling with horses, we've talked about the importance of having veterinary information, but with regard to horses, Coggins tests are so, so important to have with you because if you do not have those negative Coggins, you may not be able to take your horse to a stable or other sheltering facility. 
Um, I have at least one horse, my horse, uh, Reno, who's the one of the wild Mustangs. He doesn't ever go anywhere. So it would be easy for me to take the attitude that I don't need to do a Coggins for him because he's never exposed to any other horses. But the reason I keep that Coggins current is in the event I have to take him somewhere in the event of emergency. Keep halters ready for all of your horses. Um, prepare that basic first aid kit. So we've talked about that, but making sure that in the event your horse gets hurt in the transportation process that you've got some sort of a basic first aid kit that you can grab and go. Um, probably a good idea to have one already in your horse trailer if you have a horse trailer. Have a supply of water, hay, and feed um, for all of the horses that you're evacuating. I know one of my friends thinks I'm a little bit crazy, but um, I keep a bale of hay in a in a bale um, holder in the back of my horse trailer just in case I would ever have to do that. Um, and then make sure that your horse is going to get on the trailer. So loading and unloading skills are very, very important for our horses. So when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Carrie Burns, the president of Pet Alliance of Greater Orlando. If you have a question and you want to give us a call, we're at 718-766-4996, 718-766-4996, and we'll be right back. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, here on natureschannel.fm. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com. Natureschannel.fm, amazing talk radio shows from gardening to animals, natural health and wellness, and fighting for nature. Natureschannel.fm, it's where we grow. Organic, loose leaf, and simply delectable, Prasanna Tea Company strives to help people find balance connect and live in wellness we source the finest tea leaves from pristine farms around the world and blend them with some of nature's purest gifts creating unique infusions that are healthfully life enhancing blissfully aromatic and positively delicious find us at prasanatea.com prasana tea it's tea the way it should be Start your week off in a beautiful way. Come to Nature's Sanctuary Sunday service for a powerful and beautiful eco-spiritual celebration where we honor and support ourselves through the reflection of nature. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time here at natureschannel.fm. Visit thechurchofnature.org to find out more about Nature's Sanctuary Sunday service and the Church of Nature. Join the Horses Heart and Soul Herd and Sarah Willerson on natureschannel.fm Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern for horse wisdom straight from the stall. Horses are the heartbeat of the earth and they help us attune our own hearts with our souls. They encourage us to remember that we are part of the harmonious flow that is nature. Tune in every Wednesday for horse wisdom shared straight from the stall. Serendipity every Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Nature'sChannel.fm. Want to know what the latest garden trends are? Learn about homesteading techniques and get helpful tips that will help your garden grow. 
Join Shelly Levis as she explores eco-friendly gardening methods and fun do-it-yourself projects that will have you thinking outside the pot. Serendipity, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Nature's Channel FM. Nature's Channel is where you grow with amazing talk, radio shows. We talk about animals and gardening, natural health and wellness. Listen live at Find Archives at natureschannel.fm. You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate Peggy Hoyt, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on natureschannel.fm. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com. Welcome back. You're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on Nature'sChannel.fm. I'm Peggy Hoyt, your host, and today our guest is Carrie Burns. She's president of the Pet Alliance of Greater Orlando. We've been talking about preparedness um, for a disaster and how that can impact your pets. And Carrie, um, I was hoping that you would share with us some of the information about the experience that you had after Hurricane Katrina. Do you um, can you just tell us about how many animals were affected by Hurricane Katrina, and then just a couple of anecdotal stories during the short time that we have left? Sure. Sorry about the phone interruptions. I think our phone is doing the NEM NEM kind of thing. But uh, yeah, Hurricane Katrina really changed a lot of how we treat animals in times of disaster. Um, between the levees breaking and the hurricane coming in, we, at just one housing area, it was one of the fairgrounds, we housed over 10,000 animals, not just cats and dogs. We had turtles, we had birds, we had horses. We had so many different types of animals. It was just absolutely amazing. And with the trained volunteers that we had, we were able to feed and exercise all of those animals each and every day until they were reunited with their families. And I believe it was estimated that there was about 60% of the animals that were actually reunited with their families, which is great. Um, you know, because especially in Louisiana, it's different down there than it is in you know places in California. Some some areas have just pets that run around in the neighborhood. And it's just the neighborhood right. dog or the neighborhood cat, you know, and people just feed it and it stays there. So it was more difficult for us at that time because disaster preparedness had not been put out to the states to say, hey, put stickers in your windows or, you know, let us know how somehow how many dogs and cats. And I was on part of the rescue team that actually went into the field. So we were in the boats and we were out with the National Guard and, every, and the Army and everybody else. And to go into some of these homes and find, you know, this 60-pound dog trying to keep its four paws together on top of the back of a toilet seat. Oh, my It was gosh. just amazing. And dogs, cats, horses, any animal, they know when they're in trouble and they know when someone's trying to help them. Um, as much as we did, our team never was injured or bitten through the entire process of you know, months of actually going through all of this. Because when you go in and you say, we're just going to take care of you, and you're talking to the animals, and you bring them back, they just look at you so lovingly like, thank you. Now where's my family? And, you know, when you go back there and there's people lined up every day 
going through the 10,000 pets or, you know, through our books that we had that we kept to find out if their animal was there. And then for us, when we would find animals, we'd bring them back. And there were times that if we didn't, you know, if we knew exactly where we found the pet and, you know, we had the same animals that looked just alike, same color, we would actually put little nail polishes on one of their tips of their their nails of different colors so we would know where we found them. You know, I found horses running down the street literally with their the owner's numbers spray painted across the rear end. And it's like, oh hey, my we found your horse. It's running down the street, you know, <laughs> but we were able well, to get a hold of them. Ultimately, it's reuniting pets with their owners that becomes the most important thing. And unfortunately, we're out of time today, but I want to thank you so much, Carrie, for spending time with us and giving us these great tips. So we've had as our special guest Carrie Burns from the Pet Alliance of Greater Orlando. You can visit their website at PetAllianceOrlando.org for more information. And thank you today for listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on Nature's Channel.fm. You can find us on Facebook at All My Children Wear Fur Coats. You can tweet us at Kids in Fur Coats on Twitter. You can also find us on YouTube, same, All My Children Wear Fur Coats, that channel. And if you want to see pictures of my pets, you can visit our Instagram account at All My Children Wear Fur Coats. So we want to thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, It is the um, first Monday of every month. It's going to be Memorial Monday when we remember your pets. So if you want to send us information about a pet that you've loved and lost, we'd love to share that information with our viewers. And our next Memorial Monday will be on July 6th. So send in those memorials, and we'll be happy to remember your pet on the air. Thank you for all you do for your pets, and don't forget to create that disaster preparedness kit Create your disaster plan. Leave it in a place where friends and family and other emergency personnel can find it. Because remember, if all your children wear fur coats, like all my children wear fur coats, you'll want to be prepared. See you next time. Happy tales. Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats here on natureschannel.fm. All My Children Wear Fur Coats explores options and alternatives for creating a lasting legacy for your pet. Visit LegacyForYourPet.com to join our email list for updates on shows, links to archives, information on complimentary pet planning workshops, and more. Be sure to tune in every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Happy tales! See you next week.